0: Glad that you're here again. Glad that you made the effort to be here today. Sounds like a broken record. I start off every week by saying the same thing, uh, but I want to truly encourage you to invite somebody to bring somebody with you every single Thursday. The, The truth of our day is, the truth of our culture is, we are perishing, we are suffering for a lack of the truth. And we as men are suffering for a lack of the truth. Our homes, our relationships are suffering for a lack of the truth. And the easiest thing, the greatest thing you can do is, is find somebody else to grab and say, Hey, hey, join me at the men's lunch. I'm going to swing by and pick you up and take you to the men's lunch. And, and see this room with tables all the way to the back with people hearing the truth of God's word. The truth is the answer. So again, easiest thing you do is find somebody to, to bring and to hear the truth of God's word. We're going to continue today. We're going verse by verse uh, through 1st John, a letter that the apostle John writes. The question for today is this, and it's a very, very important question. A question for each of us to hear and to settle today, and that is this: In a world of fakes, how can you know that you are saved? In a world of fakes, how can you know that you're saved? In a world of fake churches, in a world of fake preachers, in a, in a world of fake followers, in a world where fake gospels are all over the place and you hear these fake gospels, how can you know that you have the real? And I, I sometimes wonder about that. Folks that get into a false movement and whatever that movement is, and they, they think it's the truth and they're, they're moving along in that false movement. In a world of fakes, how can they know that they have the real? How can they know that they are saved? And that's our, our question today for us to answer. How can you know that you're saved? Now, In the day that that John was writing, uh, we go over the context every week, but the the day that that John is writing, false teachers had sprung up in the church. Uh, They had taught a false gospel in the church. And really it was a couple different deviations of of the gospel, but, but these false teachers come up not outside the church, but really in the midst of the church, and they start teaching a false gospel. Now the result is this, and it's really a terrible result is that there were a bunch of false converts. And so you have a false gospel, and these false preachers are teaching it, and the terrible result is people are buying it, and you have a bunch of false converts. Today, 2018, false teachers are everywhere, and they're teaching a false gospel today, and there's many deviations of of a false gospel. And the danger today is that there are going to be many, many, many False converts. And I want to tell you, that's that's a terrible thing. That's a stark thing to realize. As as these false teachers are teaching, as their false gospel is going out, today there are going to be many, many, many false converts. People who think that they are saved, but they're not saved. What, What could be worse than that? To think that you have the truth, to think that you're saved and to find out one day that wasn't the truth at all and you are not saved. Be sure there is only one way to be saved and that's by faith in Jesus Christ. How terrible to be sincere and to be sincerely looking and to be taught to hear a lie and to sincerely believe the lie and to be lost. And I think there's folks that they're sincere, you know what, they're sincerely looking for the truth. And they're looking for somebody to tell them the truth, and the lie is put out, and they sincerely take in the lie, and in their sincerity following the lie, they are lost outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen to me, Satan's plan is not only to promote the lie, it's not only to have people buy the lie, but it's to have people comfortable in the lie people that are satisfied in the lie. So it's not just the false teachers that promote it. His plan is that you would be comfortable in that lie. So again, the question is, in a world of fakes, how can you know that you have the truth? How can you know that you have the real? How can you know that you're saved, truly saved? It was an issue then. And so John pops up and he writes this letter. It is an issue today as well. Today, we're going to continue. We're just going to look at two verses. We're going to close out uh, the third chapter. We'll start in the fourth chapter next week. Just two verses. Uh, 1 John chapter 3, verses 23 and 24. How can you know the fake? How can you know that you're truly saved? Two verses. 1 John chapter 3, verses 23 and 24. God's Word says this. This is His commandment, that we believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ. And love one another just as he commanded us. The one who keeps his commandments abides in him and he in him. We know by this that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. All right, let's, let's look at the verses together. Again, just these two verses starting there in verse 23. It says this, this is his command. Now we read the verses ahead of it. We get the context. It's talking about God. God. This is God's command. This is the directive of God. This is the command of God. It says this. This is His command that we believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ. This is God's command that we believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ. Now, the word for believe here, uh, the original language, the Greek word, means this. It means to be persuaded of. I I like that definition, to be persuaded of. It means to be convinced of. You've evaluated and you're convinced of it. It means that you have confidence in. You know what, I'm I'm not wondering, but I have settled it and I have confidence in it. it. It truly means this, trusting. You're truly trusting in this. And so you you have confidence in it. Uh, you're convinced of it. You're persuaded of it, and you trust in that conclusion. So the command of God is to believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ. Now that, that sounds like maybe just a title or, or just a, a sentence or just a name, but there's actually a, a big deal in, in how this is laid out. Notice it doesn't say in Jesus. The command of God is to believe in Jesus. It's not what it says. Well, you know what you need to do? You need to believe in Jesus. Isn't that sometimes what we hear? The answer is for you to to believe in Jesus. Notice with all of the faults, that wasn't clear enough. I think that's pretty interesting. All these false things are, are trickling in. All these false things are springing up. And so in the midst of the faults, it wasn't clear enough to say, believe in Jesus. No, it's very specific. And it says, in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ. Today, Mormons believe in Jesus. It's the wrong Jesus. Muslims believe in Jesus. It's the wrong Jesus. Jehovah's Witnesses today, they they believe in Jesus. They show up at my doorstep and they want to talk a little bit about Jesus. It's the wrong Jesus. You see, there are all kinds of teachings about Jesus but we're only saved by the truth of Jesus Christ. See, the Bible says Jesus says the truth is going to set you free. And so it's not just any version of Jesus. It's the truth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so, yes, he could have said, you know what, believe in Jesus. But no, it gets very specific. He says the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Now, think about this. To believe in the name of his Son jesus christ now let me let me break that down what that means first off is this to believe in the name of his son it's talking about the son of god as the son of god he is god so it says you believe in the son of god jesus then he says jesus now that that has a different connotation you know what his son that's one understanding but it's also jesus you see jesus is the the physical man that was born in bethlehem and you should call his name jesus Jesus was the man that lived there, and he grew up in Nazareth there with his dad. He came out of Galilee. Jesus was the man that as he went through life, he was tempted in every way as we are, but he never sinned. It's that Jesus. And so it's talking now not just the Son of God, but it's talking about the person of Jesus, the sinless man, the one born of a virgin, that man, Jesus. And then it ties something else, Jesus Christ, Christ. Now, this is, this is the title for the Messiah the promised Messiah, the Savior that that God said all the way back in Genesis that he would send, the the Savior that Isaiah promised, you know what, one day God will rend the heavens and he'll send a Savior himself. We cry out, where's our hope going to come from? It's going to come from God, the anointed Messiah of God. It means this very literally, the one that God had promised. And so he says this, you know what you believe in his son, the Son of God, you believe in Jesus, the sinless man, born of a virgin out of coming out of Galilee. You also believe he's the anointed, marked savior sent from God. All of that in that one title. But it says this: to believe in the name of, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus the Christ. Now this has a a different understanding. To believe. In the name of. Why didn't he say, believe in Jesus? He could have even said, believe in the Son of God, Jesus, the Christ. He says, believe in the name of. The name includes everything about who you are. Now, I want you to think about that for just a second. Everything about you as an individual is covered by your name, is connected to your name. Now, if we were to come in here and say somebody's sitting at our table today, his name is Bob. You know, as Bob sits there, Bob, may be, Bob is somebody's son. Bob may be somebody's dad. And so when you say Bob, it's not just Bob somebody's son, but it's also Bob a dad, a husband, an employee. Maybe he works at a factory. Maybe he sells insurance somewhere. So when you say Bob, you know, he's somebody's son, somebody's dad, somebody's husband. He's a guy that sells insurance. Maybe he used to play football. Maybe he loves football. And so when you think Bob, oh, I remember Bob back then and he used to do this and and Bob loves the Dallas Cowboys. And so when you talk about Bob, all of Bob enters in. He's the tall guy, the thin guy, the short guy, the the fat guy, that Bob. And so the entirety of, of Bob is connected to and tied to the name of Bob. When I say name, it's all covered in the name. Well, John says this. In a world of fakes, it's not just any Jesus that saves. And in the world of fakes, it's not just any Jesus that we uphold. It's not a part of Jesus, and that's what's happening today. Well, we like this part of Jesus, but not so much of this part. It's not a part of Jesus. That we embrace. It is the entirety of who Jesus is. So, John says there's a false gospel and there's a distorted gospel, and there's a split up gospel. Listen, you have to believe the entirety of who Jesus is. You have to believe the Son of God. You have to believe the entirety of who He is, the, the man that came out of Galilee, the entirety, the promised Messiah. John says we are saved in the truth of Jesus. We believe. We are convinced of, as Christians, Jesus, the eternal God. Jesus, the sinless man. You see, if you take one of those parts out, you mess up, you miss out. Jesus, the perfect Lamb of God, the sacrifice from sin. When I say I believe in the name of Jesus, I believe in the Lamb of God who who taketh away my sin. Jesus, the sent Messiah. You know what? You couldn't earn a a salvation. You couldn't secure a salvation. You're lost without a salvation. God says, I'll send your salvation. Jesus, the sent Messiah. Jesus, the crucified Lord. He goes to a cross and they nail him to the cross. They beat him beyond the form of a man. You couldn't tell who he was. You know what? I have to believe in Jesus, the crucified Lord. Jesus, the resurrected Savior. The defeater of death who walks out of that grave on Easter Sunday morning, he is not here. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is alive. I have to believe in the resurrected Jesus. The Son of God, Jesus, the man of Galilee, the Christ, all of it, the Savior of mankind. Listen to me. We are saved alone by faith in Jesus Christ, but it is the truth of the entirety, the totality Of Jesus Christ. Do you see why this matters? Do you see why John had to write this? Do you see today why who you listen to matters? Well, this is close enough. People say that to me all the time. You know what? This guy, this, this church, this whatever, this preaching, it's close enough. Do you see why what you listen to, who you listen to matters? Because if you miss the true Jesus, friend, you miss Jesus and you are lost. So that's why John says, you know, there's a world of fakes and they're springing up and they're leading people astray and they think they're saved, but they're not saved. And he says, you have to believe in the name of Jesus, the totality of Jesus. It is in the truth of Jesus by which you're saved. Do you believe in Jesus? Not, Not an idea, not your grandma's song that we used to sing well we all know this my granny was saved and so I must be saved as well not not just a person that prays do you believe in the totality the entirety of the true Jesus now it goes on the verse and it says this the command is to believe and then it says this and to love one another now the the truth of this is this if you believe you're different If you've put your faith in Christ, you're different. The Bible tells us that. John tells us that a bunch in this letter. If you believe, you love one another. That's what he says here. God's command is believe in his son, Jesus the Christ, and to love one another. What that means is this. The church is having some trouble there. The church is having false teachers spring up. There's, There's some people being led astray out of the church. And so what he means here is that the church, you know what the church does? The church moves in unity is what he's saying. The the church has power in unity. And so the church of, of Jesus Christ, listen, it's not us and them in the church. It is us in the church. The divisions of the factions of the church, those are not of Christ. Those are of Satan. And so if there's division in the church and there's this group and that group or that group and this group, listen, that's not of Jesus Christ. As Christians, we love one another, and there is power and unity in the church. Let me look at verse 24. The one who keeps his commandments abides in him and he in him. We know by this that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. Now, how can you know? He gives us two proofs, two evidences in verse 24. First, it says this, the one who keeps his commandments. You want to know if you're saved? The one who keeps his commandments. Now, the commandments he's talking about here are the two that he just listed. Those who believe in his son, Jesus the Christ, and those, because they believe, who love one another. You want to know the evidence? It's a person that's put their faith in Christ because of their belief they love one another. If you believe, it shows up and your love for one another. It says this, if you, if you keep those, Christ abides in you and you in he. Now what that means is this, that's how you're saved. Christ lives in you. You take on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You become his perfect record. Christ abides in you and you abide in him. That word means to reside in him, to stay in him. If you put your faith in Christ, you abide in Christ, and Christ abides in you. That's the first proof. The second proof is this. It says, he abides in us by the Spirit he has given us. Now, now, what does that mean? Let me tell you what that means. The second proof is this. When we are saved, the Holy Spirit of God lives, and I'm talking about actually lives inside of us. When you're saved, when you believe in Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God takes up residence in you. The Holy Spirit of God moves in once you put your faith in Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1.13, Paul is speaking there, and he says this. Listen to how this correlates. After listening to the message of the truth, the truth, the gospel of your salvation, the gospel of your salvation is the truth, having also believed. And so they hear the truth, they believe the truth. Having believed the truth, Paul says this. You were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. And what that means is this. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you're sealed to the day of redemption. The Holy Spirit of God takes up residence in you. How do you know a person is saved? The Holy Spirit of God lives inside of them. John says the same thing. We can know we are saved because he abides in us and the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of us. Listen today. In all of the faults today, in all of the muddy waters today, in all of the distortion today, you are saved by believing in the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Verse 23 says this, and I want to go back to one word. Verse 23 says, This is his commandment that we believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ. That we believe. I want to go back to that word believe. In the original language, that we believe is in the past tense. Now what that means is this. There is a point when you were convinced of who Christ is. There was was a day, there was a time when you were convinced and you were persuaded to the truth of Jesus Christ. There is a point that you settled it and you believe in Jesus Christ. Here's the question for this men's lunch today. Have you had that point? Have you had that time? Have you had that day? See, it's not just words any longer. It's not just, it's not just uh, do you pray? Do you go to church somewhere? Has there been a day when you understood, you know what, I'm a sinner, and I understand in my sin I'm lost, and I'm separated from a holy God. My only hope is that God would send a Savior. And in Jesus Christ, the perfect Lamb of God, He comes, He doesn't sin. He goes to the cross as the Savior, as the Lamb. He dies there. He pays my sin penalty, your sin penalty. He's put in a, in a grave. Three days later, He comes out of the grave is resurrected, has there been a point when you were convinced that Jesus is your hope, Jesus is your salvation you're persuaded Jesus is your Lord if you haven't had that day, I'm going to tell you something, I wouldn't leave here today without that settled if you're here today and say, I've been in church a bunch, I've never really really settled this I've heard this a million times, I've sung all the signs but there's never been a day, that word a day when it was settled settle that today Find me after this. Settle it today. Find somebody else. Settle it today. Call out to God. God, I'm a sinner, and God, forgive me. Save me. Come into my heart. I know who Jesus is. Settle that today. If you have settled that, we of all people ought to go out to a world perishing outside of the truth and say, you know what? There is hope. There is peace. There is forgiveness in Jesus Christ alone. Let me tell you the truth. Glad you're here today. Let me ask if you'll stand. I'll lead us in a word of prayer. We'll be dismissed. Glad you're here. Let's pray. Every Father, we come today. We're thankful that we have hope. We're thankful that you love us. We're thankful that as quick as and as quickly as we repent and turn to you, you forgive us of our sins, that you're not, you're not carrying a list around waiting to drop a hammer on us, but we're forgiven, we become the righteousness of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for restoration today. I'm thankful for new starts today. I'm thankful for forgiveness today. Most of all, I'm thankful that in no part of me but in Jesus, the Son of God, the Christ, we have hope today. Lord, I pray for some here today that maybe they're they're wrestling through this day. I pray that today would be the day of their salvation. Maybe many of us, that today would be the day we understand who Christ is. And I pray for us as believers here today that we wouldn't shrink back, that we wouldn't sit down, that we wouldn't melt in, that we wouldn't compromise, we wouldn't sell out, we wouldn't try to be politically correct, we wouldn't try to be tolerant, but we would pronounce there is hope alone in Jesus Christ, but there is hope. Help us to be a mouthpiece. Lord, we love you, we praise you, we thank you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen.